When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom, give me well, some Fire. This sports comedy podcast that introduced all the worst TikTok tweens to the Red Sox flag theory. You're not welcome. I'm your host, Adam Weiner, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, through the slats in the bathroom wall at Bleacher Bar, mentioned in all of Bruce Allen's irrelevant replies to John Gruden's emails, and distracting the Chiefs defense by releasing a bumblebee. Coming up in a bit, comedian and writer Alex Watt. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. Raiders coach John Gruden's leaked emails included a racist trope aimed at NFLPA head Demora Smith and a vulgar insult towards Roger Goodell. We found him. We found the one NFL racist. But to be fair, in Gruden's defense, those emails were sent all the way back in week two. In response, Raiders owner Mark Davis said the team would sit down and talk with Gruden for the next seven weeks until everyone forgets about all of this. Unfortunately, more emails emerged Monday night, including Gruden directing homophobic slurs at Roger Goodell, which tragically made me sympathize with Roger Goodell. Once these emails leaked, it was clear Gruden would no longer be a viable NFL head coach after 2002. Gruden informed his staff he was resigning shortly thereafter. Next steps for the ex-coach include moving as far away as possible from San Francisco. Wait, is, is that why the Raiders moved to Vegas? Oh, God, this goes so much deeper than we all thought. The email leaks also included ESPN insider Adam Schefter sending a story to Washington GM Bruce Allen and calling him Mr. Editor. This is damaging for Schefter because that's how he solicits sex. Mr. Editor, step on me with the high heels, please. After five weeks, it looks like Zach Wilson is definitely the right quarterback for the New York Jets. It doesn't mean he's good, it just means he's absolutely right for the Jets. Hey, how depressed do you think the Kansas City Chiefs offense is that they can't face the Kansas City Chiefs defense? KC got blown out 38-20 by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football after sitting through an hour-long lightning delay. After the game, the KC defense was like, man, how about that entire game-long lightning delay? (laughs) Would have loved to have played even one second tonight, but (laughs) the lightning, though. Number one Alabama lost to Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M this weekend, marking the first time Nick Saban has lost to one of his former assistants since Lane Kiffin whipped his ass in flip cup, then kissed his wife on the mouth. The loss will unfortunately knock Bama all the way down to still number one. According to local police, an argument over the A&M-Bama game led to a fatal shooting. Per those on the scene, one man argued that Alabama didn't deserve a late touchdown on an illegal formation, and then Nick Saban shot him. Tom Cruise attended Game 2 between the Giants and Dodgers in San Francisco. Giants and Dodgers, eh? This gives me an idea for my next big movie, Cruise said, before pulling out his phone and just recording the game. 
Red Sox manager Alex Cora got a motivational text from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick this week. Wow, partners in crime. Cora thanked Belichick for the encouragement, which is the code name of their plan to stick Belichick in the green monster to steal signs. Unfortunately, Belichick meant to text President Trump again. Nets head coach Steve Nash says the team doesn't expect Kyrie Irving to play home games this season, but in road games, Irving will be totally unguardable for safety reasons. Irving wanted to clarify his stance after the team announced he wouldn't be playing at all to begin the season. It's not that he's anti-vaccine, but rather pro-coronavirus. A Barstool Chicago personality angrily confronted actor John Cusack outside the ALDS about rooting for both the White Sox and Chicago Cubs. He did it by holding a boombox above his head that played racial slurs. Cusack is said to be devastated by this event, and we're told the actor has dropped out of the Barstool-produced sequel, Say Anything Misogynistic. And DC Comics has announced that Superman's son will soon begin a relationship with a male friend. Unless John Gruden can fire off this email fast enough. That's it. Coming up, talking all things Yankees, Knicks, New York sports, and inebriated turtle good luck charms with comedian and writer Alex Watt. I'm here with comedian writer Alex Watt, who is a diehard Yankee fan uh, like myself. Um, and we have, uh, you know, spent some time bonding over this. It's not the most fun time to be a fan of this baseball team. Um, Alex, during the wild card game, you tweeted fire Bronxy, uh, the Yankees. Good luck turtle. Uh, welcome to the show. Do you still advocate for that position today with a week of hindsight? Well, one, thank you for having me, Adam. Uh, very excited to be here. And not only do I not stand by that anymore, I don't think they should fire Bronxy, but that's because I think something way worse actually happened. I have this theory that I'm almost afraid to share with you. They, I don't know if you saw that uh, wildcard clinching celebration, <laughs> yeah. but they were dousing that poor turtle in champagne. And I have this awful feeling in my stomach and I don't want to get sued by the Yankees. And I'd love to be able to go back to the stadium, but what if perhaps Bronxy didn't make it <laughs> and what happened in the wildcard round is the curse of the turtle or the curse of Bronxy. Yeah. I, I hate, I hate that I'm about to say this because I just hate that this is the way my brain works. But I, I also definitely thought that at a point in time, I'm, I don't think you're alone in thinking that maybe the turtle didn't make it to Fenway and it might've been a painted rock or something that we saw in the cage that day. Cause I did feel very uncomfortable leading into that game after having seen the video of the champagne celebration, it was, do you remember, like, I think it was 2018 when the Yankees and the Red Sox were in the playoffs and the Yankees were staying at a hotel that like there was a worker strike at and yes. a bunch of, a bunch of Boston fans were like, Oh my God, the Yankees are crossing the picket line as if Brett Gardner, like knew the particulars <laughs> of the worker strike. And it felt the same way. Like I really thought it was going to blow up the night before with a bunch of Boston people being like, this is your team, the turtle guys. But so I'm glad that you sort of feel the same way. It's just such bad energy. And like, even like the cover up, like I was studying this Rugnetto door interview where he's kind of like, yeah, he's good. He's good. And I was like, Oh my God, something awful has happened. <laughs> and it's like, the, it, I mean, listen, I sure. I got myself worked up and I thought of my workout this year, but like, I don't know. I don't know if I can blame it all on Bronxy, but that is not good energy. And like whatever little 
good energy that Bronx brought into it. I feel like we just wasted that. And I don't know what they do with them next year. I forgot to check if he's a free agent or not, but like, come on, we got to do better by our turtles. Do you, um, I mean, I think I know the answer to this. Do you actively do believe in shit like that though, right? Like Bronxy and the Red Sox yellow jerseys and that stuff. Cause I absolutely do. And I don't like believing in it, but I think you and I share that. Absolutely. I think that's kind of like in a weird, sick way, part of what makes sports fun. Like thinking that because like uh, the Red Sox are wearing a yellow jersey or because our turtle is very intoxicated, that like it's just not going to work out for you. I don't know if it's, I don't know, like uh, growing up Catholic or something, but like I'm just, I have, well, to, like I think that the Yankees probably maybe lost a wild card because I usually like I'll jump in the shower if the Yankees are starting to struggle and I mm. shower before the game. And so like, I mean, I probably should have just taken a second shower, but like the whole time I'm like, this is all because I shower. Cause I'll never forget when LeMahieu hit that uh, home run against the Astros, I was in the shower. Wow. And I think like ever since that happened, I think that's why I think cause I brought my phone in and I was like watching from the, the bathtub area. And I think like, I, I do think that goes a long way. I think that's 100% correct. I mean, I embarrassingly am wearing this. This I did this sweatshirt and a Seinfeld hat for the uh, first. God, when did I stop? I mean, all three games of the Fenway sweep and then the first two Toronto, like the, the Toronto win to start that series. And then I was like, well, they're pretty good now. They probably only need to win like two of the last five. So I think I could take a night off of the sweatshirt and hat. And then I did. And Garrett Cole got clobbered, put him back on retired them until the wild card and by that point it was too late so i fully agree yeah you told me this and i'm like okay i'm laughing because i'm thinking how your cape cod sweatshirt which you're wearing now isn't that too much like new england energy to bring in because it does a signful hat offset that it's a great point and again it's something i didn't fully i wasn't able to parse like it you're right doesn't make a lot of sense but then you know first night Friday night, Garrett Cole, sort of an easy, calm victory at Fenway. And then you're rolling for the second one at Fenway. And you're like, I mean, nothing about this reads, but maybe it's only going to work. Like maybe it is New York over Boston. But then when it works for game one of the Toronto series, you're like, ah, maybe it's just like an incredible outfit combination. Um, But then of course it failed on the biggest stage. That's true. And uh, perhaps to go too far into it, I am thinking that the New York hat, Seinfeld hat is above the red the new england sweatshirt so that's on top so that's got to go somewhere (laughs) yeah i mean if you don't think i'm definitely thinking about like hat order at all time i'm i'm looking at a stack of hats you you can't tell but i think i mean you know me well enough to know i have a stack of hats and i'm I'm looking at a stack of hats that i definitely reordered during the postseason series um maybe nobody listened to this podcast ever there's probably a lot being revealed here (laughs) um (laughs) Now you are uh, you're a longtime Yankee fan. Let's let's talk about slightly more pleasant days because um, I'd oh, rather please. talk about that. Um, we now play in sort of a a different stadium, and the energy difference is obvious when you watch Red Sox games and Fenway playoff games. This you know the series that just ended on Monday night was sort of ridiculous at Fenway. I miss the old Yankee stadium. I've missed it a lot more now than I even did uh, like two or three years ago. Do you remember your first time in the old stadium and and what that was like? And and do you sort of miss that energy as much as I do? I miss it so much. Like I, I, it was so special. I remember like uh, just sitting near 
Daryl Strawberry in left field and like uh, I think yeah I think he was in left that day and we were just chanting Daryl and like I would do anything to go back to that and I don't even remember if they won I just oh, I do remember that they were playing the Tigers and like it was just something so special about that stadium because you were uncomfortable it like wasn't like the greatest I mean even the stadium now it's like it it's not like you're sitting in lazy boy recliners like but there was something about that kind of old school stadium where it, on a bigger game that isn't just a day game against the Tigers, like you could feel it moving. It's covered in peanuts. Everyone's yelling. And now it's just got nothing. I don't think the sound goes anywhere. And if you're going to make it some like luxury stadium, like go all the way, let's like uh, wrap us in nice robes and like give us like little towels to put over our eyes, like during uh, in between innings. Yeah, there are not enough. I mean, it's the worst part about the new stadium is you have to bring your own little eye towels when you go. And it's like, what am, where am I supposed to put this? They confiscate them now. Yeah, they used to be. But now it's just, yeah, they won't let you do it. Yeah, Probably available bummer. at the gift shop. It's a huge bummer. Um, did you um, did you ever watch a fight at the old stadium? Did you ever get to see people brawling in the stands at that, at that wonderful place or no? Um, I was like all my life asking if we could sit in like the bleacher, like that, like really like rough crowd. Like, um, and it was just played up to me. Like, this is like, if you sit here, it's going to be the biggest fight ever. So like one of the, like finally when the stadium was closing, I was probably about 17, 18. My dad was like, you're ready. We're going to sit in the bleachers. And like me, my brother, my mom, my dad went and like, I was nervous. I was like, we might have to throw down. I've seen fights happen here. I've heard about them. I watched a Yes Network show about Bleacher Creatures, and they seem intense. And I literally – and it was a Red Sox series too. I sit down. The person in front of me was a baby. It was like a very new baby <laughs> that was rooting for the Red Sox. And I was like, what? Like, I'm not going to harass this baby, but this is not what I thought I was coming uh, uh, to see. And I guess I'm glad that people could have a more peaceful setting. And maybe we were on our way transitioning to the new stadium, but I never got to really see the the fisticuffs, I guess. I don't know if I, I don't know if I really did either. I mean, I got, I stopped going to Yankee Sox games for a while because I did. Um, my mom got harassed once her fault, oh, no. her fault. She was wearing a, an unrelated B on her hat to a Yankee Sox game, which like that's, not, I mean, not a great idea. It was just a, a blocky B logo that was not a Red Sox logo. But, like, it's hard to explain that to the people who might be attending right. a Yankee Sox game at the old stadium. Um, I do want to talk about the Red Sox a little bit. It, it feels re- – I mean, obviously, it's relevant. It's always relevant. I think about them constantly. They're the number one driving force in my life, potentially more than the actual New York Yankees, the team that I enjoy. Um, but it does feel – I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm analyzing the situation differently – the Red Sox have won certainly more championships since 2004 than we have. And almost as consistently as we have, the Yankees definitely have more high profile flameouts during that time than the Red Sox do. It leaves me kind of wondering why don't people hate the Red Sox as much as they hate us? Like, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel that the ratios are off? Like, am I crazy here? Or like, shouldn't people be angrier at them? Or am I just biased? I don't know. I do feel like, and I, I'm not asking for any sympathy from anyone here, but I do feel like whenever, like, people will tell me, like, oh, I liked you until you said you were a Yankee fan. Like, mm-hmm. we're Mets, we're Red Sox. You never hear that about the Red Sox. And, like, it makes me wonder if maybe what, like, everyone hated about the Yankees wasn't winning because it hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. And people are still like, oh, you're a Yankee fan or, like, 
really going out of their way to like talk trash about the Yankees. So I'm not sure like if it's New England charm or what I'm missing, but like, yeah, people are just like, yeah, not interested uh, in talking to a Yankee fan apparently, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I feel, I mean, maybe it's both of us. Cause I do feel basically the exact same way. It's like an everlasting hatred. It's just like a, a Twitter thing. You can constantly regurgitate no matter where you're from. But I feel like some of that should have transferred to Boston by now because they're here they are again. They're doing it again. And I don't really know why that hasn't earned them the scorn that we get for not winning championships. But you are right. I don't. I also don't expect sympathy. And I expect people who are angry at us have probably already stopped listening <laughs> to this. But I think that's valid. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think you've made this point before, but like it's it's just expected and people don't care that like Bill Simmons goes on and on three times a week for hours complaining about how like it's not working out for New England. It's not working out for the Red Sox. And then it always does. I think you and Tommy were talking like it, it happens so often. And it's just like, when are we going to expect that the Red Sox are just going to be better than everyone else? When are we going to expect that Kyle Schwarber will make a, a some play and then fist pump and everyone's gonna think it's funny and awesome and not an embarrassing display of like uh like lack of professionalism the kick a ball over the wall like when are you gonna get tired of that like the amount that we probably heard about the um Jeffrey Mayer or something like that happened so long ago where's the hatred for everything going correctly for the Red Sox yeah, my uh, my uncle is a Red Sox fan, and he tweeted at me, Jeffrey Mayer, when I complained about the <laughs> Red Sox guy kicking the ball into the outfield. And it's like, I mean, if we don't, like if we can't see the difference between 1996 and now, this is not a worthwhile conversation to have. The Simmons, I mean, let's talk about Simmons for a second, just because this is fun. But like, he got me this week because he tweeted during that game when Hunter Renfro kicked the ball into the bleachers. He tweeted like the reverse Ed Armbrister game, which was like the 1975 World Series between the Reds and the Red Sox. And if you honestly are like 52 year old media mogul billionaire Bill Simmons and you've won 12 titles in 21 years, like, are you really trying to reverse every moment from your child? Like you have to undo the 1975 World Series before you can truly find peace. Cause I don't even think the 75 Reds we're watching that Red Sox game being like, oh, no, that's perfect revenge for the Ed Armbrister game. Yeah, one, I'm sure even the players don't even remember who Ed Ar I mean, I don't know. I wasn't around. I don't I have no idea who Ed Armbrister is. It couldn't have been that bad. I'm sorry that this specific thing happened to Bill Simmons and some Red Sox fans remember this. But, like, I don't know. Like, And, and yet I still tune in. And I am just spend the whole time going, will you shut up about all this? It's all working out for you. So, again, like, I, I you're not going to hear that from – a Yankee, like no one's tuning in, or actually, I, I was gonna say people aren't listening to Francesca to hear him complain about the Yankees, but like, I don't know. Simmons, I, I'm getting worked up about this. <laughs> Me too. How can you just continue to complain about that? Also, how do you maybe he deserves it more as a fan because I couldn't imagine caring as much as he does with all he's got going on. And yet he's going to complain about Ed Armbrister that they're not showing enough 2004 clips. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, enjoy your titles. Just log off for a second. Yeah, maybe we're maybe we're coming at this wrong. Maybe Bill Simmons is the greatest fan of all time. And so it's actually he can complain because it really does hurt him, like double how much it hurts anyone else yet. Not not getting enough 2004 clips in the montages during the Yankees Red Sox wildcard game was an all timer that I did forget about until you brought it back up. And then the Red Sox did win that game by a lot of runs. And so like, I don't know, that should have probably been the focus that evening. 
You know, um, it's making me think that we should just start a billion dollar um, media corporation and that could change the tides of uh, luck for the Yankees. Yeah, we should we should snap our fingers and open up a billion dollar shop that sort of produces content. That might be fun. Um, I will transition now to uh, maybe a source of joy. I also sorry for just saying I will transition now. That, that's <laughs> kind of sloppy by me. Um, but I personally am feeling more joy around the New York Knicks right now as a New York sports fan who just watched a decade go by without a title as a lot of Twitter infographics reminded me this week. Is it just me or are you weirdly optimistic for like the stable Knicks team to have a follow-up season last year too? I love it. I, I, if they're just stable, that's fine with me. Like, I don't know if it's because Yankees won all those championships in my lifetime, but I just want the Knicks to be solid. And I know I'll like stop saying that the second they lose a couple of games, but I've, I've just been penciling them in every year, even in the years they just like were terrible. I'm like, Oh, they might get the eight seed. They might get the eight seed. And to know that that actually might be true and even better this year is one of the most exciting things. I think I've come into a Knicks season feeling. When did you get into the Knicks? Like, did you get to enjoy the mid nineties teams at all? Or just sort of that useless aftermath? Cause I weirdly did not pay enough attention until all the good stuff was mostly gone. And it was like Channing Fry. Yeah. That's pretty much when I came into the picture. I, I, I remember some of it and I remember like feeling good about it, but I feel like I kind of discovered the Knicks on my own. Like my brother and I like watching once we finally got MSG and I was just like, all right, Friday night Knicks, this is my social life in junior high and high school. <laughs> and like coming into that late, like the Phil Harrington era and stuff like that, like I feel like it, it makes me feel like a closer title almost at times because I'm like, I, it's something we sought out um, on our own. And um, yeah, but at the same time, like, I feel like I don't expect anything from them. No, I certainly don't. That, that sort of does bring me to my next point. A lot of people got, I mean, the, the playoffs were kind of recently. It's a weird feeling. I think that was only like four months ago. I, I don't know. I've kind of lost track of time. But people got on the Knicks fans for celebrating their one playoff win against the Hawks by sort of spilling into the streets of MSG and just unleashing all this joy. Two decades of not having that. Now we have it. There's something to be excited about. Of course, the rest of the series didn't go their way. They don't know that at the time when they're evening things 1-1. Do you have any, like, do you care that the Knicks fans did that? Wasn't that just good? Like, why am I supposed to be upset that Knicks fans sort of over-celebrated for a big win? I heard someone talk about the preseason success. I think they were bragging about an undefeated. So I, I think we'll take anything we can get. And I think especially in these times, we just need to grab whatever joy we can. Uh, and it kind of goes beyond the Knicks. Like Every New York sports team is just trash. And I think we just need to show that we will support a good team and come out and, like, Short answer, I 100% approve. Who is your favorite bad New York sports athlete of all time? Because that, like that feels like a valuable conversation that I want to make sure we have. I would say one of my favorites is probably, uh, do you remember Shelly Duncan? The of course. Yeah, he was just crushing home runs for a stretch. And I feel like, I, like it was a stretch where I went to a couple games and he always hit a home run. And he just always looms large in my mind. I think like, uh, I probably shouldn't say that he's, one of my old passwords uh <laughs> just like i love him and i think that uh he well his tenure is one of the most uh exciting tenures i think of my lifetime i agree with that and i'll also add to the shelly duncan pile that i loved andy phillips for like a month and a half 
And that sort of feels like a one-two punch of like different temperament, same guy, like just a great month, but a really great month. Those are the guys that like you really end up loving. Like I used to give my brother so much uh, crud for like just loving Derek Jeter. I'm like, how can you just love, like, that's so obvious. That's like liking vanilla ice cream, which it gets good, but you got to like look for guys. You got to like root for the Ricky Ladez of the world and stuff like, like that's just what makes uh, rooting for one specific team fun. I felt the exact same way. That's weird. I used to like, we used to get on this girl in elementary school for loving Jeter. And we like wrote a parody song about it, which you know, I, I don't, I'm not glad I said that, but like, that was something we, we were like, oh my God, like this girl loves Derek Jeter, embarrassing. And like, obviously I'm sure we both had a crush on her, but like, it was that thing of like, how can you love Derek Jeter? Which is such a strange thing to be, you know, to be in the now times when it's like, I wish I had a five time and very short yeah. span of time world series champion. I don't know if you feel bad about this, but I feel like I kind of traded Derek Jeter for like any kind of like being the good Yankee fan. I'd be like, oh, you know, like Jeter, everyone loves him, but like he's actually has no range and he doesn't hit like homers. And now I regret that so much. And I, I wish I was just all in the entire time because what I see now is he was like the greatest gift we've ever received <laughs> to the organization beyond maybe Mariano. Yeah, it's so hard. I, I like, yeah, I'm thankful for Jeter and Mariano. And then like also Ed Armbrister, like the three guys who I'm kind of very thankful for what they provided. I'll I'll wrap on this because it does feel like uh, we, we've talked so much about New York sports and, and the misery of, you know, recent Yankee fandom, which has been weird and Knicks fandom in general, which has kind of felt like just treading water for 20 years. We do have a great team in New York at this moment, but I don't really care about the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know where you stand on their contributions. And like, do you, I guess, two part question. Do you care at all that there might be an NBA champion in this city this year? And B, like, do you have thoughts on bandwagoning them and and people who get mad at bandwagoning them? I kind of, I'm kind of out on everybody in that scenario. I don't really like anyone who cares about either of those things. Yeah, I mean, just you saying that we have a good team in New York, I was kind of like going through my head, like, are the Red Bulls good? Like, is NYFC putting together a good stretch? Like, I totally forgot that, like, even though they live, like, pretty close to me, like, that the Nets are playing in Brooklyn. If you are from Brooklyn or, like, I don't know, I don't want to – it's not for me. I'm going to stick with the Knicks. I think there's plenty of people that probably have a good case for rooting for the Nets. Like, if you just moved here from – I don't know. Iowa, some t- some place that a team. If you want to brace that, fine. Or if you like a young kid who grew up in Brooklyn, sure. But everyone else, no excuse. You got to stick with the Knicks. And I think, I don't know. I mean, if you need that bandwagon win, like go for it. But I'm not going to be joining you. I love that you said that they live near us because it kind of does feel like they're just like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant lives here. Um, I guess he plays here, and I guess that's an NBA team. That's kind of the vibe that you get. Yeah, I definitely forget they don't, like, retire to, like, their little quarters with, like, sleeping caps and stuff after the game. (laughs) Yeah, I think that they do. I haven't seen them, but I think they do. Um, Alex Watt, thanks so much for joining me, man. This is great. Um, Best of luck to our teams in the next calendar year, because I'd much rather be doing a victory podcast with you on the Ringer Podcast Network. (laughs) Thank you so much, Adam. And, yeah, go our teams. Go our teams. Alex Watt, everybody. Long live Bronxy please. And now, my final flame. The John Gruden news has rocked the football world, and it really makes you think. 
If this is what Gruden, one of the league's most well-respected figures, was saying in private, were these emails just the tip of the racist berg? That's not anti-Semitic. It was a play on iceberg. Can I live? The timing of this news release was also tough to handle. The Raiders' move to Las Vegas was only completed last year. Gruden was in the opening years of a long-term $100 million contract. Times were good for one of the league's longest-running premier franchises, which really makes you wonder, when is cancel culture going to come for the franchises that really need it? Where is cancel culture in Washington? Where Dan Snyder's emails are presumably so racist they have to be kept on some other server in a different neighborhood. Those dogged fans in DC deserve a winner. Now I'm worried they might have to wait another decade or two for their very deserving owner to be canceled. Perhaps until we invent some kind of paper email? And what about New York? Jets fans are some of the best in the league, but they keep going through an endless cycle of different cancel-worthy weirdos with no end in sight. How do the Jets still not have a franchise canceled guy after all these years? Cancel culture let their owner Woody Johnson disappear to England to work for Donald Trump and got nothing? Cancel culture is as passive as the Jets pass rush. That's simply not right. Oh. Oh. My producer is whispering in my ear about Jets fans and who they basically are and what their basic deal is. Never mind, it's fine that that happened. And wither cancel culture in Kansas City, where my wife's friend Ron runs the Tribal Drum Emporium and provides all the materials for their in-stadium war chants. I'd really love to knock that guy Ron down a peg. Maybe not full-on cancel Ron, but definitely spook him as a little joke. This should make you think, though. If cancel culture can come for John Gruden, might it come for you, too? If your past decade of emails includes rampant racism and homophobia? It probably should. It hopefully will. You sound really bad. My thanks to Alex Watt. We'll see you next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.